Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda and Dundalk. The March sales event is now on, offering low APR finance and deposit contribution across the 191 Renault range. Offer ends March 30th, so call into Blackstone Motors, Drogheda or Dundalk today to see how affordable buying a new Renault is. I'm off me three today. I really am. Yes, somebody said to me, sure, you're off with Kelly every day of the week. But seriously, we are on late lunch today. Do you remember the millennium year 2000? Did you get a certificate from the government? Do you know you own a tree? Lots of people are bemused by this. They don't know what we're talking about. Well, you're going to find out on late lunch later this afternoon because we're talking about your millennium trees. Also, we're trying to keep Fred Cook dancing to the final of Dancing with the Stars. Uh, Sarah McCann's here. She's a brilliant documentary coming on Monday about the SS Dundalk. And we're starting in Dundalk today with a brilliant guy. Let me tell you this. For the fifth year in a row this week, Jerry Duffy has been named Videographer of the Year by Irish Wedding Diary. And that's the wedding bible for the majority of Irish brides. It's a remarkable achievement for a man who himself is celebrating 40 years in the business this year. And he's in the hot seat today. Jerry, you are so welcome to Late Lunch. Thank you very much, Mr. Kate. Thank you indeed. Congratulations to you. I was just thinking there... Five in a row. By God, you're doing something right. What is it? What have you got that sets you apart? For me, it's the personality. It's how we treat our customers as friends. It's how we continually try to make his or her or their wedding day a better day. And it's that experience that leaves the lovely taste in somebody's mouth that when you ask for a vote, you get your vote. So it's a customer experience. You said to Louise, my producer, and I mm. quote you here, you said you're not the best cameraman in the world, but you are the best salesman with a camera. <laughs> I'm going to cut Louise's tongue out. That was private. <laughs> it's, it's probably true. It's probably true. I know it was an off-the-cuff remark. But the reality is every couple that I meet, be them heterosexual or same-sexual, it's 99% chance it's their first time getting married. They have no idea what's coming down the line in terms of the wedding day. And from my point of view, 40 years doing it, I've made a lot of mistakes, but I made them a long time ago and I haven't repeated them. 2,000 weddings under my belt, all happy days on the day. I can give a huge amount of advice to any couple. And when you engage with somebody on wanting their day to be better rather than just wanting their money, the sale is already made. So, yes, I may not be the best cameraman in the country. I admire other people in the industry. Some of the new style of cinematography that's out there is absolutely astounding. 
But me as a dinosaur of 40 years heritage, I'm not going to change what I do, but I still give over a gorgeous documentary of their day. We received ours, let me tell listeners, because Jerry looked after Shauna and Jared's wedding, our family wedding, big wedding last August. And I have to say, what a job you made of it. And I'll, I'll tell you this from their point of view. They said to me as well, from the first time they met you, they knew they were in safe hands. Just what you alluded Thank to you. there. Thank you. And, you know, I think that's you can get no better compliment than that. I, I remember a friend of my father's many, many years ago was an undertaker. And when he heard the business I was going into, he said, well, you're in the same business as us, to which I was horrified because I wasn't going to be doing anything that he did. But when he explained it to, to this hairy little 19-year-old that I was way back then, he said, as an undertaker, if we go to somebody's house and bury the first person in that family properly, we'll be back to bury them all. And so be me going to a family house I'm not coming for the daughter or the son's wedding. I want to be there for all the weddings. <laughs> because that's one of my questions that I was going to ask you today. And let's lean into it now, just at this stage. Surely for a guy who started in 79 uh, to today, you've been back, yes? Sons and oh, daughters absolutely. of I've, original weddings? I've been back to the original couples. I've married one woman three times. She had three husbands, but she had one video man. <laughs> I've been back for, for daughters and sons of my previous previous couples many, many, many times. In actual fact, one family at home in Dundalk have two daughters, seven sons. I did all nine weddings, but there were seven different photographers. And that speaks volumes of why did that family not go back to the same photographer over and over again? Because they didn't get a Jerry Duffy experience. It wasn't handled the way that I try and look after my customers. No, you have some repertoire. How many have you done over the years? Have you Just over 2,000 weddings. Isn't that huge? It is. Well, if you break it down, realistically, it's it's a wedding a week for for 40 years. But the reality is that the wedding business is concentrated from Easter through to September. So there are days that I am on my third and fourth wedding in a row. I can't go into the fourth wedding on a Sunday feeling tired. I got to go in there fully energised 13, 14 hour a day and do for that girl or that guy what I did for the one last Thursday. And that's what separates you is that you have that fire in your belly to continually desire to do the best for your customer. No, you can't be at every wedding personally yourself, no, can you? No, no the, you have the, a team, the business you have has people grown. with you. The business has and, grown. And this is what I wanted to ask you. Um, you have standards and you have your yes. experience and all that 40 years brings. Is it necessary, do you have to be sure that you inculcate that into the people who work for you, that they're doing what you precisely want, as if it were you? If you go to a Jamie Oliver restaurant, you get a Jamie Oliver meal. But it's not necessarily Jamie sitting behind the desk cooking your dinner. But his name is all over the place. If that meal is not perfect, then his name surfaces. And so be me. With My guys are, are completely qualified. They're all far better educated technically than I am. But they're dancing to my tune. I've created the menu and I still meet and greet every customer before and after and if possible during the experience. There have been weddings where I've gone to hotels where we've two or three weddings on in that venue on that one day and if I have another customer in that building I will go and congratulate and shake hands and kiss and cuddle because those people are important to me. That's what feeds my three children. My my youngest son is 11 years of age. I'm 59, heading for 60. There's still another 10 years left that I have to keep feeding him. So you, you, you just, I think if anybody is, is energised by what they do for a living, 
you don't get old, you just get better. Mm. That's so true. The passion that burns is so important. Absolutely. Now, go back. You mentioned the hair. He's, he's changed a little, mind you, in the 40s, <laughs> haven't we all? But, you know, when you think of what you started out with, equipment-wise, mm. and basic technology, really, mm. Jerry, today, it must be just light years oh, apart. It's amazingly different. Our first weddings, we used to have to run a mains cable out of the church or the hotel into the gardens to get power to the machine. You had to start every night's dancing with 5,000 kilowatts of light. It was like dancing in a sunbed centre just to get enough light for the video. And we now have a very successful business built up in Dundalk where people bring back cassettes to get the audio tape or the video tape or the camcorder tape transferred onto new forms of media. And sometimes I'm horrified, Jerry, when I look back at my work. But if I look back at every other videographer's work at the time, it was of the similar standard technically. Now you have more equipment in your iPhone than I had for running an entire studio, even up to 15 years ago. There's more in your iPhone or your Android than I had. But it's not the equipment. It's how you tell the story. And what I say to my couples on the day, I'm not making a video. I'm making history. I'm filming the history of your day, your granny, your godmother, your children. It's never going to happen again, please God. And that's what I'm there to record. You mentioned on your own son's fabulous wedding in Bellingham Castle, when he sat on my couch collecting his wedding, uh, he asked me, what did I think of the, uh, of the day? And I smiled in, in, in memory of editing it. I said, the only thing that was missing from your father's speech was the 15 minutes of advertising. But <laughs> other than that, we got the Jerry Kelly show for an hour. But that speech to you was a big moment to be getting ready to speak at your son's wedding. We now have that forever because Jared was clever enough to book us to record his wedding. That's what it is. It's history being recorded. Editing. Talk to me about oh. it. <laughs> and you're talking to someone. Uh, oh, my God. I, I, I know, you know, we have parallels here with radio and what you do yes. as well. It must be so challenging at times, is it? There are. There are instances where there's a greeting line outside a church recently in North County Louth. And the lady came up to the bride as one of the congregation shaking hands. Oh my God, you're gorgeous. You're this, you're that, you're the other. And as she walked on past, completely oblivious to the camera, she said to her husband, she's a fat bitch. Oh, no! <laughs> now, what do you do with that in the edit suite? Of course you cut it out. Dump it immediately. Dump it immediately. You, you, you overlay music bed on top of that. And many, many things like hap- will happen like that. And our job is to take away any of the pain. Don't embarrass anybody. Auntie Sheila's on the dance floor and she falls over legs all akimbo. It's great fun on the night, but it never makes it into the video. Or we pop little audio recording devices into the pocket of the groom. And invariably, I'll forget to take it. Maybe 10 o'clock that night I get told, do I want to listen to all he said to somebody during, during the day? No, because there's going to be loads of stuff we shouldn't. So we try to respect everybody that's there on the day, be them centre of attention or be them one of the guests. When you finish that editing process, or or is it a series of steps, do you invite the couple to have a look at your proposal for the finished product while standing back a bit and enabling you to add in or take out or whatever? How does that work? We spend about three days in the edit studio with each wedding. It's a big chunk of work. Even though we've shot it properly, we still got to polish it and refine it. At the end of three days, we then present that to the couple. 
occasionally and very, very rarely will somebody come back and say, can we tweak this or do that or do so? And it'll be down to something I didn't even know. I had, I had one couple, the bride was coming out with her dad from the house. And as she got into the car, we could see the garage in the background of the house. I had to remove that shot because that person that she called her father hadn't got round to painting the garage door and mother was annoyed. Now, I, in, in, in all my years, could never foresee something like that. But those type of personal edit requests, they're dealt with immediately. But the amount of letters and texts and Facebook messages that we get acknowledging our work tells me that what we're doing, we're doing right. Yes, he's top of the pops for sure. Jerry Duffy is with me five years in a row, the best videographer in Ireland. Listen to this one, Jerry. You'll enjoy this. It's just come to us here. I'm just listening to Jerry Duffy on the radio and I had to text in. He's such a great guy. I'm 22 years a professional photographer and have worked with, well, not worked with, had fun with Jerry at many a wedding. Everything he says to you, Jerry, is true. Always a consummate professional. Congratulations from Michael at Shutterbugs Photography. You know who that is? I do indeed. Lovely, lovely comment. Thank you, Michael. Thank you indeed. Um, and, And there's another one there as well. Jerry Duffy, the main man. Thanks for everything, Jerry, all through the years. No name on that one as well. And look, you're as well known as they say is that thing. Come back to this um, other aspect to your business now. And we're we're going to the other side of life because funerals, Jerry, this Mm. has really grown with you, hasn't it? It certainly has. And it grew by accident. Um, many years ago there was a crisis in Iceland where the lid of the volcano blew off and the ash flew into the air and nothing else flew because of it. And in the wedding industry, a lot of the limousine drivers are also funeral directors. And I got approached by two at that particular time and said, look, a couple of people here needed for a funeral. They can't attend. Is there any chance you can make a video of it? And then whenever the flights start flying again, we'll, we'll send the videotape out to the birth night. Happy days, absolutely delighted too. But I'm not going anywhere near the wake. I'm not going anywhere near the graveside. I'm remaining within the confines of the church. Both undertakers and both families um, were very keen on it. I felt slightly awkward because it wasn't what I was usually doing. And I was, I suppose, happy accidentally that I decided to film both events from the gallery of the church. So there was no dripping tear. There was no shaking shoulders. There was no grief to be recorded because I was filming everybody from behind. And that, all those years ago, has carried us forward now with the new branding separate from jerryduffy.ie, which is the website for the the weddings and, and other work moved us forward into a new domain called funeralvideos.ie, which is exactly what it says. So it's a growing business. We're now handling five, six per month. Um, A lot of our work is referral work from funeral directors and undertakers who no longer need us because of the Icelandic crisis, but they may need us for other reasons. We've had issues where family members who are not fully legit in the country they're now living in can't leave because they won't get back in. Sure. And imagine the tragedy of you losing your mum, but you lose your mum and you can't be there to grieve Mm. for her with your own family. Mm. So we go in and record, or in some instances now we're offering live streaming of the funeral so that people can conjoin with the grief locally, even though globally they're completely disparate from everybody Mm. else. So 
it's it's a strange one. It's not something that I like handing out a business card saying I film funerals. But the reality is they should be filmed. It's the only time, Jerry, when people come together and say the most wonderful things about the person who's not there. And those wonderful things are listened to by people as they're looking at their watch and thinking, should we leave? Is it time to go? Will we go before communion or afterwards? And other people in the front rows who are so overcome with grief that they listen to it, but they don't hear it. They don't take it in. Whereas our recording 12 months or or 12 days or 12 weeks later, whatever suits their grief process, brings it all back and allows them to celebrate the life of somebody through a funeral video. Is it true that you've said yourself that in your own late father's case, yes. if you could roll back time of the clock? bitter regret. We had a most magnificent funeral for my dad mm-hmm. and I gave a eulogy at the funeral. I still have the paperwork that I composed for three days as he lay in rest to, to pay homage to the gentleman that my daddy was. But I don't have a recording, not even an audio recording. Mm-hmm. And that really hurts. My really word, hurts. isn't that really telling when you say that as well so that another aspect to your business as well now very touching very poignant and very important as you say for people back to the weddings for a moment um, how long is too long for a wedding DVD or video depends who's watching if you're holding into your neighbour's house four minutes is probably long enough to watch their wedding if it's your own son or daughter two hours two and a half hours you'll love it because you know everybody that's at it mm. I've had couples who have told me after watching their wedding that they've sat with the list of guests and ticked off the people that were at the wedding and then marked beside them what gifts they got. So they're using their <laughs> wedding video as a scorecard. <laughs> like it, it's mad what people do with wedding videos. But the reality is when, when a couple comes back after the wedding is over, they have a new mortgage to pay for the wedding. They have a new husband or wife or partner. They have a dirty wedding dress. They are all fickle things that go away. But the reality of the memories is it's either an album from your professional photographer like Michael who who texted in earlier or your wedding video. And you're cheating yourself if you don't have both because none of us remember a wedding day properly. Do you see that word Michael used there, fun? Yes. Does that sum you up in in terms of being an integral part of, of the serious nature of what you do as well and all counts, but still that element key? Absolutely key. I would say the biggest piece of equipment I put into the car for each wedding is a bag of phone. It's enjoying my day's work. I'm dressed well. I look well. The people that are there have all made the same effort to be there. And there are two people at the centre of attention. They're the bride and groom's mammies, by the way. (laughs) Those people that have, have so much vested in that day, they don't want to see a grumpy old baldy man. They want to see somebody who's enjoying being with them. And that's who I am. That's what I bring with me. Many, many years ahead for this man, for sure. Just get the energy from him sitting across the studio from me today. You know, I'm delighted you dropped in for a chat. I wanted to acknowledge and tell more people about your success. Five in a row, videographer of the year. I wouldn't bet against number six coming down the tracks next year. (laughs) Good luck to you with everything you do. You're one of uh, life's gentlemen and good guys. And I wish you well. Thank you, Jerry. Thank Thank you you for for joining me. There's only one way to go out of this interview. You know yourself. It's Mr. Bruno Mars. It's a beautiful night We're looking for something dumb to
trash, got a pocket full of cash, we can blow shots of patrol, and it's on, girl, don't say no, 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 just say yeah, 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 and we'll go, 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 if you're ready, like I'm ready, cause it's a beautiful Dundalk. The March sales event is now on, offering no deposit and low APR finance across the Dacia range. Offer ends March 30th, so call into Blackstone Motors, Drogheda or Dundalk today to see how affordable buying a new Dacia is. Lawns to be cut, hedges trimmed, flowers and veg needing planting, fences to be renewed. There's no end to the work to be done, the garden round the house and if you're farming as well this springtime. And there's only one place to check out this weekend. It's Paddy Callan's in RD where the massive spring sale is happening and our man Pat O'Shaughnessy is standing by in Callan's. Yes, sir, you're very welcome along. I have to say, I always love coming to Paddy Callan's for their annual sale. For me, I say it every year, it always is. It denotes spring, really and truly, in Ireland. And we had that freakish weather at the start of the year. And then it's turned back to what we know is winter. 
But the lawnmowers were out and then they were back in again. The daffodils were out and they're back in again. But something that's not back in again is the Paddy Callan sale. It's here, it's on and going right through until Saturday evening. But um, John Callan, uh, every time I come over here, it's a place that I love going around. The, 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 the diversity of what you have in here, catering for just about everything from the DIY to the professional. Yeah, we carry a huge range and also different sectors. You have the DIY, household garden, and obviously a big uh, influence on, with farmers as well. We sell a lot of farm machinery and, and, and equipment. I'm in the lawnmower section, and it's actually it's brilliantly decked out, but I'm just looking at all the paraphernalia that goes with it now. You just have about everything if you want to uh, scarify your lawn, if you want to get rid of the moss, if you want to make it greener, if you want to fertilise it. You have everything. Yeah, we have the machinery to, to actually cut it or, mm. or treat it, but also we have the, you know, the, the lawn treatment and fertiliser because it's a huge problem, especially this year and I think last year as well, moss in lawns, and people take a bit of pride in the lawn and they want to treat it right and get rid of the moss, so we have the, 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 the material to do that and, and I'm amazed even I looked at a, a scarifier over there you know how, how easy that makes you know getting your own ready for the for the spring there's a machine just about for everything absolutely there's a machine for all these things to take the work and the, and the labour out of it and to make it easier but yeah we, we, we have all that complete range of equipment when I was going around you know kicking the tyres as they say and having a little look I, I, I noticed the, the abundance of oils is that something different you, you, you have about every conceivable type of oil that there is under the planet there yeah we're dealing with a lot of uh, agricultural equipment and garden equipment we, 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 we supply all the oils necessary be it uh, engine hydraulic and uh, all different types of, 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 of oils so we have a huge range of that and very good value uh, in it as well like you know I have a bit of chainsaw to do I was looking at your yeah. chainsaw oils over there that's why you're attracting my eye you know so I'll have to talk to you when we're finished here with Jerry we can sort you out with that <laughs> and, uh, and then and, and again just, just me being the wee boy in the sweet shop you know I went round the, the tool section there and you just and all I'm saying is the only thing that's wrong with it is that they're not all in my shed it's incredible the stuff you have there's a huge array of, of different amounts of tools we, every year we keep, seem to be expanding the range uh, we have all the brands that you might need Tang, Tang is a very good professional brand Draper and all the, these other brands it's very good and uh, I know I, I always love putting the emphasis on family businesses, you know, and I see Paddy working away in the background there, and he's always hands-on. From as long as I can remember from I've come over here, he's always there, he's always busy, he's never, ever idle. No, it's, it, it, the business is a testament to him, and it's mm. all his work, and uh, he, he, he started it off and has kept it going and has made it to what it is today, and it's all down to him and, of course, my mother at home as well. Oh yeah, absolutely, especially after last Friday, we better remember the women, you know, International Women's Day, and fantastic women they are too. Uh, and lastly, of course, you're right up until Saturday night, so if you're busted and you're flattered, or you're away, and I know it's St. Patrick's weekend and all of that, um, you can get in here before Saturday evening if you want to have a wee look at something that might attract your eye. Yeah, we're here open late on Saturday evening till half four, and uh, open late uh, at the nights of the sale. Well, look, congratulations. Well done. I love coming over. As I said, it always denotes the start of spring for me. And maybe now that we have done this uh, little link and this little broadcast, this one might start peeping out again. I hope so. Uh, earlier uh, in February, we had very good weather mm. and it's kind of flipped. But hopefully now, when we, before we get into March, the better chance we have of getting good weather. Thanks very much, John. And that's it, Jerry. I'm going to let, let you go back to you. And I'm just, as I said, I'm going to run and have a look at the oils and just see what I do need for the chainsaw. Talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Thanks a million, Pat, and thanks to Paddy Callens. They've given us a lovely prize to give away on late lunch right now. How 
would you like to win a Jefferson 25-piece spanner set? You know, at home, when you need a spanner, it's just not there. But this will sort this out for you forever. Every size of spanner in this set. It's worth over €100, Euro and it includes a beanie cap and an inbuilt red light. So I have to ask a question. Name the most annoying spanner in your life. No money can. <laughs> I got you there, didn't I? No, I have a, a question that ties in with Shockton the Gaelga. Yes, at the end of Shockton the Gaelga this week. What's the Irish word for spanner? That's the question. The Irish word for spanner. If you answer that to me correctly, you could win that spanner set from Paddy Callens today. So get WhatsApping to us as soon as you can. It's free on WhatsApp 086 658. You can text us as well. The usual text number, same number 086 658 with your name and details and the Irish word for spanner. Now I hope you know you're Irish. So you can Google. I'll give you a little tip. Google it if you don't know, and you'll find it there and get the answer into us as soon as you can. Yes, and you've certainly got it, the Irish for Spanner. Well done to everybody who's uh, texting and WhatsApping us in with the answer there. I'd love to give the Spanner set from Paddy Callens to Barney in Knockbridge today. <laughs> he says the biggest Spanner in his life is Louis Walsh. <laughs> I absolutely love it. But Barney's the wrong answer. It's not the Irish for Spanner. <laughs> you do deserve the prize, I think. Anyway, you're late lunch on LMFM Radio. Do you know something? I'm off my tree. Yes, I am really, because I can't find it. What can't I find? You know we all own a tree. If you were a family in Ireland in the millennium year, we all own a tree in this country. Do you know that? Lots of people didn't. Anyway, we're going to find out more about your tree and where it is, what it's all about after this break. I don't know what put this afoot with me, but it's been on my mind for a few weeks. This certificate we got back in the millennium year telling us that we own a tree and every family in 2000 got one of these. Can I find it at home? Not a bit of it. I don't know where the hell it's gone. Have you yours? Have you got the cert? Did you get the letter? Did you put it away safely somewhere? Uh, Have you ever visited the forest where your tree grows? I'm curious and to sate my curiosity today, I'm joined by a woman who knows all about the people's millennium forests. Aileen O'Sullivan is on the line. She's an ecologist with Quilcher. Hello, Aileen. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for taking me call. I've been looking forward to this conversation for weeks now. (laughs) Anyway, will you just remind our listeners what happened for the millennium year? Okay. well, um, the idea of Millennium Forest for the people was originally the idea of the late Frida Rountree, who was a great campaigner for forests and woodlands and biodiversity and all that. And uh, the idea really caught hold of people's imagination and attracted large sponsorship from the Millennium Committee at the time and from Allied Irish Banks at the time. This is around 1999. And so Quilter was approached by government and asked, look, can we plant native trees for the people? Um, And we selected sites and said, yeah, absolutely. And off we went. And uh, the minister at the time, Seamus Brennan, was very keen that each household would feel real ownership of this and feel connected to their forest. So that's where the idea of the certificate came in. And uh, every tree, as you say, was planted. The trees were all planted in a kind of a grid system and everybody was notified where their tree was. So that, that, that all happened around 2000. And I, 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 I have to say, I, I said there to you, I can't find mine. I presume it's too late to get a duplicate or there'll be no record of my tree anywhere. 
Well, I'll, I'll tell you what happened since, and we kind of guessed at the start that this was going to happen, but um, uh, there you go. But what happened over the years um, was that, okay, the trees that were planted are there, but hundreds and hundreds of other trees naturally moved in, if you know what I mean, like yeah. seeds and all the rest of it were blown in onto the site. So we had a lot of what we call natural regeneration of native trees as well, on top of what was planted. So what happened over time was the grids got very blurry and it just became impossible to maintain the grids. So we reviewed the whole project back in 2011 and said, look, you know, what we're saying to people now is, okay, you have a certificate that is a tree, but now you have a share in a forest, a beautiful native forest that's developing and, uh, you know, is going to be a, a fantastic biodiversity resource into the future. So... Even if you had your tree, Jerry, I, I don't think you'd actually find it. Find it. Okay. Okay. Well, look, I'm being a bit facetious. I know saying that there because <laughs> there was 1.2 million of them planted. 1.2 yeah. million in 2000. And as you say, others have come in and invaded as well. But it's yeah. nice to have this out. And I do want to thank Antoine Marr today, who sent us a copy of her actual certificate, tree certificate. Yeah. And that people can see that it's on our social media across LMFM, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram as well. And also to Noel Beau. Noel has the letter but hasn't the cert. (laughs) So, um, you know, interesting. Thank you, Noel, for the lovely letter as well, because that gave me a good feel actually for both. So, the important thing to say here is every family in Ireland 2000 was given a tree designate for them in a different forest. How many forests are there around the country? There are 16 Millennium Forests around the country. Uh, Most of them are on Creelta land, but some of them aren't. There's. one probably close to yourselves there. Well, you, there aren't, unfortunately, any in Mead or Loud, but there's one in Westmead, owned by Westmead County Council, called Port Lick. It's on the shores of Loch Ree. Absolutely beautiful uh, forest where you can go for walks and, and enjoy the surrounds of what a natural forest is and the lakeshore and everything. So, you know, even whether you have your cert or not, I think it's well worth finding out where the nearest Millennium Forest is to you or maybe when you're on your holidays or something and go and visit it, go for a walk. You know, they all have walks in them and uh, they're open at all times. There's no charge, no fees, nothing. You can just go and walk around and and just soak it all up and they really are magnificent um, places to go. I see also on the list Derry Gorry is Monaghan. That's not far from us either. And also there's two in Wicklow there as well. Uh, Ballygannon Wood in Rathdrum and you have Shelton Abbey in Arklow which is not a million miles away either. Now here's the thing about the trees I wanted to ask you. They'd be a fair size after 19 years, wouldn't they? Yes, they are. And it's actually amazing to see how the sites have changed since. I mean, you're saying you, you... I don't know if you have the capacity, you know, if you can put photos up for people on, on your site, but I could send you a couple of photos of Ballygannon now, let's say, and it's just thriving. The trees are jumping out of the ground. They're about five or six metres tall, most of them. And, uh, yeah, they, they've really come on, you know. Now, I suppose from an ecological point of view, it takes hundreds of years for a forest to really develop into maturity. You know, mm. you want big old trees, you want lots of deadwood, you want fantastic flora and all that. And that doesn't happen overnight. So these trees are still youngsters. These forests, should I say, are still youngsters. Like 19 years isn't a long time in the life of a forest. But they're definitely well on their way.
Yes, and you know, in future, uh, please God, generations will look back at the government and the people of 2000 who took this uh, initiative, which is brilliant, and they'll say, do you know what, they left us a wonderful legacy in a 100 years and more time when we're all uh, gone from this planet. I don't mean to be morbid about it, but that's the, the reality of the situation. We're like a tree, we have a lifespan, and, and that does come to to an end. Um these are, and it's important to say this, and we're all to be native trees because I don't want to even, will I say the word, will I say the word and ruin the show, ruin your day today, will I say the word Lelande? Oh, well actually we, we don't plant Lelande, Lelande yes. it's a tree that's used for hedging and uh, it, it's more, you'd find that more, that's a cypress, it's more in gardens. Yes, um, in those big it's hedges. a scourge. It's a scourge. It's a scourge. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Oh, it is. The, the greatest dirt-carrying nuisance trees ever. Plant uh-huh. the native trees. That's my message to everybody today. And that's what these woods are, aren't they, Aileen? That's, that's what these are, yeah. And, and not only that, but the trees themselves, when they were planted back in 2000. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We're grown from, uh, in Creelta's nurseries from locally collected seed you mm. know so they're very much of their place and uh, that was very important part of the whole project to kind of get the seeds collected get them grown up into young plants get them out on the ground it was a big logistical exercise to get that done but um yeah it, that, that's what happened yeah, I want to say a big thank you. Now, the Faulkner family, we're getting the ball rolling here, Aileen, have just WhatsApped us a picture of their certificate for the tree that was planted at Derry Gorry, the one I mentioned there, oh, in, in, in Monaghan as well. Mm-hmm. So, folks, if you, have your, if, you, if you have your certificate at home, take a picture of it and send it in to us in LMFM. WhatsApp it to us, whatever way you like, get it to us. We'd love to see as many certificates as we can today. What about in general terms, while I have you with me, Aileen, and it's lovely yeah. to, to reflect on this Millennium Project, almost 20 years on at this stage the the state and uh, of our tree population in Ireland how are we fixed how are we fixed um well i suppose as as you know unfortunately we still have the second lowest forest cover in europe despite uh, all the best efforts at promoting planting and providing grants and subsidies 
um, we're still lagging behind a bit. Um, we need to increase our forest cover and there's lots and lots of debate going on about what type of trees we want to be planting and all that. So in, in the future, we'd like to think we've got a whole range of different forest types, um, you know, providing all kinds of benefits, timber benefits, but also recreation and amenity benefits and biodiversity benefits um, to society in general. So I suppose we're doing OK, but we could do better, Jerry. to mm. be honest with you. Yeah, sure. We know from our history, even mine being taught about it in ancient history when I went to school, you know, that what happened to Ireland and the deforestation and how it was going to take a long time to uh, pick up from that. But look, uh, today I suppose you'd say to people, if you if you have the opportunity in your garden or where you live as well, put a tree in, plant it, it'll be there for the future, as we said as well. Where can people find out? Have uh, Quilty a portal that people can go in and look at these 16 places where these millennium uh, forests are? Yeah, there, there is a website I can read. Yes, please. It. Yeah, uh, well, www.millenniumforest.com. So that's M-I-L-L-E-N-N-I-U-M forest.com, millenniumforest.com. And that will, sure, if you just type it in, Millennium Forest into Google, it'll yeah. bring you to that website. It'll bring you there and you'll be able to see. And we're encouraging people today, look for your certs, dig them out, see where your tree is. And over the course of the summer and if you're uh, out and about and travelling this year, call in and enjoy the beautiful forest that's really starting. It's a youngster, as Aileen said, still in terms of the lifespan of a forest. But go and visit it and you'll know I have a little part of that. I think that's beautiful, Aileen. Great. I'm glad, Jerry. Delighted to have the chance to share this with you. Not at all. And I'm delighted that you were able to join us today as well to shine light in it. Just wish me well. I'm damned. I want to find the certificate at home sooner rather than later and visit my own tree in my own forest as well. <laughs> Aileen, have a nice I'm weekend. Good luck with that. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. Thank you for joining me. God bless you. Aileen O'Sullivan there, ecologist with Quilcha. Now, Anne. Thank you, Anne. Is it the Anne I know? I'm not sure if it is. Thank you, Anne or Anne, whoever you are. She asked the question, and here's another angle to this millennium thing. Did we not get a candle as well in 2000, Jerry? No, there's one. Can anybody help me on that? Did we get a candle in the year 2000? Are there candles out there? Or did you just light it and burn it and forget about it over the millennium? Anyone got a millennium candle? Remember that as well. Please help us out on this one. 1850-715-958. You can call in. Bridge will take your call there. Or WhatsApp or Texas. 086-1800-658. If you have a candle, take a picture. Send it to us as well. It's trees and candles. And what else is going to come out of the woodwork about the millennium year? By God, you never know. Well, 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 there we are. The millennium trees remembered on late lunch this afternoon. And we're going to remember something else in a few moments as well. Because if you've been listening to us uh, over the years, you'll know in recent times we've covered the tragedy of the SS Dundalk. And next Monday, Bank Holiday Monday, Sarah McCann brings us a very special documentary about the sinking of the ship. And we're going to talk about it next with members of the committee and Sarah herself. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda and Dundalk. The March sales event is now on, offering no deposit and low APR finance across the Dacia range. Offer ends March 30th, so call into Blackstone Motors, Drogheda or Dundalk today to see how affordable buying a new Dacia is. Anne Howard is granddaughter of the ship's captain. I'm talking about the SS Dundalk that sunk on the 14th of October 1918 on its way from Liverpool to Dundalk when it was hit by a German torpedo. And Anne and myself have talked on a number of occasions here about the story on the show. There's been the book 
Brilliant. The commemoration ceremony, the unveiling of the memorial and next Monday another chapter in the history of the SS Dundalk unfolds here on LMFM Radio with the airing of a brilliant new radio documentary by the wonderful Sarah McCann. So today on Late Lunch, teeing everybody up for Bank Holiday Monday, we're going to talk about the SS Dundalk and this documentary for a while. Sarah McCann is with us, the documentary maker. Anne Howard, granddaughter of the ship's captain, is here. Marie Agnew, co-author of the brilliant book about the sinking of the SS Dundalk, is with us. And a man I've met before and enjoyed on Late Lunch, maritime historian Charlie McCarty is here and I have to tell you Anne-Marie and Charlie are all part of this wonderful SS Dundalk Commemoration Committee. You are all very welcome to Late Lunch. Great to see you all today. Anne, I'll start with you since you're the most familiar to me. Well, Sarah McCann is, but you know, in terms of this SS Dundalk. Um, Come back again to the point. When was this all brought to the fore again to commemorate what happened over 100 years ago? Uh, Just over a year ago, Gerry, my cousin Desmond Casey... Uh, got in touch with family members and went to the museum in Dundalk to see would they have an exhibition. And uh, we said we'd have to get in touch with all the families. And actually, I came on your show just over a year ago, 1st of February, to tell about the public meeting where the families came together and from that a commemoration committee was formed and some ideas came on board as regards what could we do to commemorate this terrible, tragic event that happened just over 100 years ago. And uh, we got tremendous support from the families and, and from the people of Dundalk who supported us all the way to get our commemoration committee up and running and to support all the events that we put in place. So it's been a wonderful story in itself oh, from it uh, the inception of the idea. And uh, look, you can even feel here in the room yeah. today how uh, warm and important this is to so many people. Now, just remind us again, the torpedo hit the boat. It was on its way from Liverpool to Dundalk. How many people from the area here lost their lives? Uh, they were n- mainly all from the area, uh, round Dundalk, somewhere from Drogheda. Uh, the manager who lost his life was from England and one of the uh, Naval Reserve gunners was from Wales. So they were from all over, well, mas- mainly from Dundalk mm. and most of the families were from Dundalk. But in trying to find out the families of all the people on board, we had to reach out uh, even as far away as um, the Hebrides, where some of the naval gunners were from. Okay. So it was quite uh, an event to try and get in touch with all the with families. Everybody. With everybody. How many yeah. lives lost? 19 from Louth, was it? Yeah, and, and the 20th... Yes, and the 20th was from Wales. Okay, so 20 people losing yeah. And that, as we talked about before, was a huge impact on the local community here with the lives that were lost. Oh, it was. And uh, the 12 survivors are very important because we wouldn't have known anything about yes. it except for the survivors who came back to tell the terrible story of, mm. of the tragedy. So all 32 on board were so important to the story of this event. Absolutely. Sarah McCann. You have another gem and another big hit on your hands here. When did you co- first come across the story? Um, pretty much when the guys put the um, ad. Was it, I can't remember. Was an ad in the local paper yeah. about the public meeting for the commemoration committee? Um, so as you know, Jerry, I'm always on the lookout for new story ideas. Um, and Aunt Marie was asking me before about ideas, and I suppose I have lists and lists of ideas about documentaries I want to make. And some are things that you think about for a couple of years, but some because of the timing are something that you kind of have to act on straight away. So I think I had somebody's email. Was it Anne's email yeah. or Anne's phone number? I got via um, the 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 public 
public meeting announcement. Um, I think so Anne was the first person I contacted and I just said, listen, there's a deadline coming up for funding. We normally have a couple of funding deadlines every year where we apply for funding to make radio documentaries. Um, and I just said I'd love to put in an idea about the S. Eston Duck and Anne spoke to the committee and I know I contacted a couple of other people around the same time. But I wrote up the idea, applied for funding, sat waiting for months to see if it would come in, which always happens. I think it was maybe early, like it was around March last year I contacted you, but I think it was May when we put in the application and then it was, um, I think, the end, very end of September. I think it was the 30th of September when I got the email through to say that we had the funding, but the commemorations were starting two weeks later. So I just had to get starting to record pretty much ASAP. So, um, yeah, it, it's funny that all these things probably happened from that decision to, to hold the public meeting to, yeah. to see who'd be interested in the commemoration. The last time we spoke, it was about men in Lycra. You were, <laughs> you were featuring on, on your work then. My God, there's a big swing from that to, to this 100 years ago and lives lost at sea. It's an intriguing tale, isn't it? Yeah, and the thing is, I suppose, um, a lot of... well. Some people do know about the story, let's say, but um, I suppose one of the things is a lot of people didn't know about the story because of the um, SS Leinster that sank, um, yes. you know, and there was only I think, a couple of days, I think four days, wasn't four it, Charlie, four between, days, yeah. yeah, between the two. So in a way, I suppose the more I read into it, so whenever I, I suppose when I read um, the advert in the paper, I then start researching myself into to see if there's, let's say, a story there. And I think one of the things I was obviously very aware of being a Dundalk woman myself is the impact it had on the local community and how important it was. And I suppose at that key point of time if you think about end of World War One, you think about what was happening in Ireland at the time it was a I suppose a huge period of unrest you know nobody really knew where society was going you know and, and in 10 years what we'd be like so I suppose a lot of people maybe hadn't realised what an impact it had on the locality but then for me from a story point of view the fact that there was a group of people who were now trying to remember and commemorate what had happened adds extra layers because I'm no longer trying to tell a story about something that happened 100 years ago I'm telling a story about people who were trying to remember what happened 100 years ago. So to me it, it adds the possibility of recording at the commemorative events and it makes it into more of a, I suppose, a story of today looking yes. back on yesteryear than a yes. story just about history. You You've know what I mean? sold it brilliantly. <laughs> you really have. Marie Agnew, welcome to Late Lunch. Good to see you. First time here. Tell me about you. You're the co-author of the book about this tragedy. What's your link with this? Well, my link um, really just stems from um, a hobby. Um, I would be a scuba diver. And a number of years ago, in 2009, there was a group now, not me, myself, uh, my husband, uh, Paddy, and a few more from Dundalk, Sobacqua, decided to, uh, for the 90th anniversary, to go uh, to, um, there was an expedition to the uh, wreck site of the SS Dundalk. So they trained for that anyway. And and as a result of that, I did a bit of research at that time, put some photographs together, um, found out who the captain was of the uh, submarine, just things like that. So then when it came to the the centenary, um, I said, you know what, I'll go to the meeting. So at the meeting then, somebody said, uh, is there anyone who will take notes? And I said, I'll take notes. <laughs> then subsequently then, it was a case of, um, will you be secretary? So, oh, okay. <laughs> so at that point, I didn't actually know what I was getting myself into, but... It's the it, biggest decision we ever made. <laughs> the best decision we, we ever made. Go on, we, Charlie. We wouldn't have survived without oh, Mary. Yeah. yeah, She's dynamic. Mm. Um, she put every inch of her hours into it for the last year well, well it was more. a huge undertaking because mm. 
the time frame of what we had planned to do wasn't really, you know, it was a couple of months. Yeah. But you're talking um, the different plans we had were to um, not only just the book, but it was the commemoration, the memorial. Yeah. And then and then we threw in the trip to the Isle of Man in between that as well. So yeah. it was coordinating all them people and the relatives who wanted to that go. That was her idea. Yes. <laughs> Approach the Isle of Man steam pack yeah. company. Uh, all of those. But so. I just see you today. You're a natural born secretary. You can just see it with you. You were made to do this role and do it so brilliantly as well. But you've obviously got a lot of uh, return from it and satisfaction from, from being involved in this. Absolutely. I mean, when it's, it's only when you stop, take a breath and you look back at what you did. And, you know, each little, each little thing like you know the uh, the book say for instance we didn't do it on our own we had to get some funding mm. for it yes so um we we badgered um some people so the uh, the Leinster the commemoration or the centenary for the Leinster the department of heritage and culture were pumping money into that centenary so listen you know the the SS Dundalk was a smaller version of the Leinster so if you're giving money to them you have to give money to the uh, SS Dundalk so you know they were good to us they you're did help us nego- out you're yes. a good negotiator Absolutely. as well and, and then Dublin Port owned the land where the SS Dundalk actually sailed past for its last journey so we approached them as well they're interested in history they want to promote history maritime so we approached them as well so there was all of those little elements of the tree to, to uh, coordinate Great stuff SS Dundalk the documentary LMFM Monday the bank holiday coming March the 18th at 12 noon we're talking about it on late lunch Charlie McCarthy is here with me he's a maritime historian we're going to come to Charlie after the break We're talking about the sinking of the SS Dundalk on late lunch this afternoon and I want to welcome Charlie McCarthy to the show he's a maritime historian and he's part of the uh, committee here as well Charlie um this disaster, I'm just thinking, 20 lives lost at sea from a town like Dundalk back in the day, 1918, was unbelievable. Even today, Charlie, it'd be a huge disaster, wouldn't it? It would, yeah. yeah it, was, um, it was an enormous event, really. And there were no internet or media cover like they have now. Uh, there was only just one newspaper and there was censor. So... Uh, really, that when it happened for about a week afterwards, people didn't know who was lost, or if anybody was lost, or if it was the ship. And uh, the town was in turmoil over it uh, because they, most of the family, uh, most of the crew had family nearly all around, certainly around the key area, Dowdles Hill. They were all related. Some people had uh, been intended to go on it, but the flu had struck the town at this time, and they were replaced by others, and some families didn't even know that their family member has, was on the ship until they discovered the tragedy. Mm. And uh, it was... A, but the, the other problem was that... Well, it wasn't a problem, but the other thing was that the Linster had happened. The, it had been sunk four days beforehand, and that grabbed the news. That got past the censor to a degree because it was so big. And uh, the fact that there was post office people, uh, post postal people involved in it, it was a nation thing, and uh, it grabbed the news. And Dundalk was sort of put aside mm. as just a little passion. Oh, sure, has that changed in the world? If you're not in Dublin, you're yeah, nowhere. Yeah, they think, yeah. well, let them think that anyway. You know what I mean? It's not the case. We people, all know it. People in Dublin didn't know whether it was Dundalk. <laughs> there you so. go. Here's the thing. 
today as you walk around on dock now with the memorial and the awareness of this the book everything that's happened uh it's a a thing that now has really come back to life in a way with all of this and people are, are more aware of it yes oh yes yeah the monument we erected now um we didn't realize what we were doing but uh it's a big thing mm. physically and mentally it's the number of people that are approaching me now uh, asking what it is about the, the strange thing that we discovered is that some of the families didn't even know about the tragedy yeah. uh, Anne found a lot of families that didn't even know they were related to it and we're still finding that there's still people coming out of the woodworm and um, it, 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 it's a big thing mm. Have any of you heard the documentary? Just curious no, Anyone get a, a no. little no. Pre- preview? preview. No, 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 no preview, Sarah, no. Well, they've heard the promo. That's pretty that's much all, yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's all. That's probably... Well, it'll be all right. So, <laughs> obviously, obviously, Monday, uh, midday, LMFM is an exciting time for all of you and all the people involved yeah. as well because you're going to hear this story and you're all part of it as Absolutely. well. And I have to thank one man and he's not here today, Des Casey. Absolutely. Des, good afternoon. He listens regular yeah. to us on Late Lunch for ringing me that day yeah. and saying, I have something for you, Jerry, and I want you to take it up for me and look at where we are now and what's yeah. all transpired from it through you, Anne, initially as well. You must feel so proud. And I, I want to tell listeners behind us here, and we're going to take pictures of these afterwards and post them. You have lovely, what are they called, Marie? Tell me that. What would you call these that you um, have behind you? They're actually lecture boards. Okay. You know, so uh, we have uh, given a series of, of, of lectures. So we got these done. So to basically you know, put a visual touch to yes. it. For, so uh, each each part of the story has its own lecture. Part. And it's told on this as well. And it started with uh, little acorns, but yeah. big oak trees now, isn't it? Absolutely. It, it started on your show, really, <laughs> Jerry. You Thank know, you. Over, just over a year ago. Yes. But what I would like to say is, I think what we wanted to bring was, if you like, the present generation into it. And I think mm. we succeeded in doing that. Yeah. And people, as Charlie yeah. said, are still meeting him. Mm. And that was so important and I think the support we got from all the families and from the people of Dundalk that was unbelievable they turned up at all the events they turned up at the commemoration the memorial it it was just incredible the support they gave because it was really their story too it was about their town their people their families you know their loss. Their loss, mm. yeah. And that's why we wanted to get that across. And I think we, we succeeded. You certainly that. have. Yeah. So the next thing, you've been at everything. You've heard all that's gone on so far. The book, the memorial, yeah. uh, the memento that Charlie was talking about there, the huge one that people stop by and ask the questions yeah. of. So the key now is that you tune into LMFM yeah. Bank Holiday Monday yeah. at 12 noon to hear this documentary because I know that anything this woman produces is absolutely top class. With all you've done now, and you've done quite a number of these, where would you say this one stands for you? I hate to put you on the spot oh, because you love all your children equally. I know, Sarah. Um, I, well, I suppose I'm I'm not from a his- history background or I, I didn't study history. Like I'm a film and TV and radio person the whole way through. But I suppose what I always try to do in these documentaries is make um, history not about uh, statistics and years and dates and times. It's about people. And I think what I've tried to do in this one, so this is a little harder, let's say, than the mammal one you were talking about the last time because then I was interviewing Jerry people who were still alive and people who you know were talking to me but this is now about trying to kind of recreate a story and what I've tried to do I suppose is throughout the documentary um 
give a sense, especially using sound effects and music and everything, of maybe what it was like to be in the boat on that night when the torpedo struck, what it was like to be one of the people who was sitting on the lifeboat waiting to be rescued. You know, and I tried very much to create those scenes because I think what we have to try and do as media makers like us is try to make stories so that people understand the human impact of them and not just, as we said, the dates and the times. So mm. um, I really enjoyed working on this. And obviously I had a wealth of experience and expertise, you know, so that was really, really great as well. Well, let me say thank you all for coming to Late Lunch today to again remind us. And I say it once more, 12 noon, Bank Holiday Monday, the SS Dundalk, Sarah McCann's documentary. It's a great story and I'm privileged to be in a little Can I just say that we had a wonderful committee. Yeah. Uh, it, I, I insisted that family be involved and by God they got involved Absolutely, well done to uh, everybody Can I just say one more thing Jerry? we're not totally finished yet because we now have a website yes. that will go live very soon www.ssdundalk.com So would people tune into that and we hope to have it live very very soon Absolutely, Sarah McCann and Howard, Marie Agnew and Charlie McCarthy thank you all for joining me on Late Lunch today You're fantastic Gail Gores out there I have to say Yes, the Irish word for spanner is castra and well done to everybody who WhatsApp and text us in and uh, that uh, Jefferson spanner set is going today to Mary Jones from Knock Abbey in Loud Well done to you Mary That is is yours. Just a reminder that the closing date for Ireland's Best Young Entrepreneur is tonight, midnight tonight. So if you're in business, if you're a startup, if you have an idea, uh, if you're an established business, you need to get your entry in. There's 50,000 available in each county in this competition and you can enter. You still have time. It's midnight tonight on ibye.ie. That's ibye.ie. Ireland's Best Young Entrepreneur. Well worth entering. We were talking about trees earlier on. Jerry, my father planted the tree for me 65 years ago. No, I can't get Sky because of it. <laughs> I think you're lucky. I think your father had foresight and vision to do that, to be honest with you. There are millennium candles. There are indeed. Eddie Caffrey was telling us he is one here. We have to get a picture of that and talk about it next week. Nyasa uh, WhatsApped us to say she got a candle and a sheet of paper to let people uh, celebrating with you uh, write a message on on the millennium. Really? That's interesting. Uh, the biggest spanner in most people's lives today, Jerry, is Brexit. Couldn't agree with you more. The McKevitt family. Yes, uh, their tree is in Derry Gorry Forest that we mentioned in County Monaghan. They have the tree number and they're going to look for it this summer. Well done to all all of you and Aileen who was with us talking about the trees Aileen O'Sullivan from Quilche asked us to remind you that National Tree Week is coming up from March 31st to April the 7th and there'll be events all over the country and Quilche have donated 15,000 trees for planting nationwide and the details are available from the Tree Council of Ireland website can you believe it a week to go and he's still dancing yes Mr Fred Cook is on the line Fred afternoon Jerry, great to hear from you. Oh, man, oh man, would we ever have believed when we had this first no. conversation before it all began that you would be there with a week to go. You've exceeded everyone's expectations. Yeah, I, I honestly cannot believe it myself. Now, you're so consumed with the training that you do forget that you've got to the semi-final. So it's so exciting. Incredible. Now, remind us, there's you. Who are the other three that are left at this stage? Cleona, the country singer, Johnny yeah. Ward, the actor, and Mairead Ronan. Mairead Rowan. Okay, uh, so, so there's, there's two of you, uh, two boys and two girls left at this stage. Now, what's the plan for this week? How many dances? I have to do two dances this week. 
What are you so doing? It's, it's a lot of pressure. I have to learn two dances in one week. And I'll tell you what dance. I'm doing the Foxtrot. Yep. It's a brown-eyed girl because it's, it's been Patrick's weekend. It's an Irish theme, so we all have to do an Irish song. So I'm doing the Foxtrot to that. And then I am doing the Salsa to a song called Best Days of Our Life. Brilliant. So you have a slow one and a fast one. So we're going to see both aspects of Fred with Julia this weekend. What do you think? Honestly, what do you think? Can you make this final, Fred? Look, Jerry. like, I'm putting the work in, you know, and, like, the public are obviously, like, they've been behind me and fantastic. You know, I wouldn't put the work in if I I didn't have the belief. Look, I I wouldn't have got this far if I didn't didn't believe I could get here in the first place. Do you know what I mean? Like, in ways, you know, I know I do say I can't believe it, but it is a... it's, you know, it's just been such a journey. I'm kind of looking at it like a, like a no for exit. I don't want to exit. <laughs> I love it. That's, that's the term, no for exit. I want to be voted in. <laughs> no for exit. F-R-E-X-I-T. No for exit on Sunday night. Yeah. I love this. This sounds much better. That other word of a paid to me ass listening to it. No for exit. <laughs> no for exit is what we want on Sunday night. Listen. Exactly. I'll, Vote to keep me in. <laughs> keep them in. Keep them in is right. Here's the thing. You must have got a great Philip seriously on Sunday when the judges endorsed you in the dance off yeah and you know it was you can see I was clinging on for the last few weeks I had a good two weeks in the middle of it but you know when Clelly and I were against the dance off now I was ready for the dance off because you know there's so few of us now anyway mm. so uh, lucky enough with my samba you know I, I performed it and that's why Julian and Lorraine uh, kept me in Oh, so they when did you indeed. Decide, it would have been different, but thank God I'm still here. Fred, I was jumping around the room. I, I'm, I'm admitting that on live radio today. When you got the mm. nod, I jumped up and I cheered for joy that you'd got through. Now, come on. One more step. One more step for you this week. And we want everybody to vote for Fred. 53125. Isn't that it? 53125 is, it. is the tech number. You must text Fred to 53125 when the line's open well, on open. Sunday evening. And get texting like mad to get this man into the final. It would be such a wonderful achievement for him to do it. And he's representing us here in the North East. And he's done it brilliantly every week. We'll wish all the way on the Patrick's weekend. Good luck to you. And I want to talk Jerry, to you next Friday. So appreciate it. Thank you so much. None at all, Hopefully Fred. I'll talk to you this time next week. Yes, please God we will. God bless you, Fred. Take care now. Bye-bye. 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 He's a great guy, Fred Cook. Come on, give him the support this weekend and let's get him to the final. Against all expectations, he'll be there. He's done brilliantly and we want him to be there in the final representing us on Sunday week. You're at late lunch on LMFM Radio. Final break of the day and the week and afterwards we're going to be looking ahead to the sporting weekend. Not with Leon Blanche this week, but a special guest. Stay with us to find out who that is. Deirdre McEnany tells us she found a Millennium Cross and a candle and a cert. She came across it in recent weeks, but can't find it. Deirdre, find it. Take pictures of it. Send it in to us. Please do. Now, as is our want each week on Late Lunch, every Friday at this time, we look ahead to the weekend sporting action, local, national and international. Leon Blanche is in Cheltenham. So standing in today for him is the wonderful Aoife Heffron, who's a PR executive with Boyle Sports. Aoife, afternoon. Good afternoon, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. I know you've been put in the spot by this, but here we go. And I know you know your sport. Let's start tonight <laughs> with soccer locally. Dundalker and Derry in the Premier League. What's uh, the thoughts on that one? Yeah, I mean, Dundalk, they're travelling to Derry City. They are slightly injury-ridden at the minute. They're, they're missing a few key players. But we did have a 4 a 4 nil win over Wexford last week that has given the Lily Whites a bit of a boost. They've shown what they can do and why they have been title holders as many times as they have. So they are going into the clash as 8-13 favourites. 
But Derry City, they are priced at four to one. Um, they are the side who are being called. They've got their identity back. They have the returning boss, um, Declan Devine there. He led the hometown club to the FAI Cup in 2012 as well. So they're seeing a bit of support there. But a lot of the money coming in is for Dundalk to get back to winning ways, to continue winning ways, price at 8-13. If you're fancying the draw, it is an offer there at 3-1. to one. Now, Drogheda have had a win, a draw and a loss so far, and they have a few problems going into their home game at Cabinteely. Yeah, just like uh, Dundalk, they're experiencing some, some issues as well. But similarly like Dundalk, they see um, odds of 8-13 to 13 to win their clash mm. with Cabin Teeley. Now, the last time they had a match with Cabin Teeley, um, the results weren't, didn't go in their favour. It was in the second round of, it was seeing Cabin Teeley progress to the second round, I should say, of the EA Sports Cup with a win, 1-0 win over Drogheda United at United Park. But the odds are suggesting a different outcome this season. As I've said, Drogheda United are priced at 8-13. to 13. They are favourites. The draw is available at 14-5. to 5. With Cabin Teeley priced at 9-2 to two to cause upsets, we have seen a bit of support there from punters who think that Cabin Teeley, who have bet Drogheda United just a mere matter of weeks ago, um, to do the same again this evening. OK, now, uh, you have a couple of quick ones for Cheltenham because the, the final day's card coming to an end shortly. What are your picks for uh, Presbury Park? Yeah, we do have the Gold Cup, which is coming up now in the next couple of minutes. So if you're looking for a tip there, presenting Percy is a 7-2 favourite. One of the last two years at Chatham. We've had a lot of punters latching on there. Presenting Percy is the favourite. But if you're looking for something more value for money in the Gold Cup, Native River at 6-1. to one. He's had a good campaign. He was second at Haydock, then third at the King George, even though Kenton isn't his cup of tea. So if you're looking for value for money, Native River there at 6-1. to one. Um, looking into the 410, you have a bit more time to get your bets on for the 410. It is the Fox Hunter's Chase. Um, there's a lot of money coming in for stand up and fight prices 6 to 1. The favourite there is Utah Conti, prices 7 to 2. One that is two races this year and is under trainer Gordon Elliott, who already has three winners today and is faring out quite well in Cheltenham. So, for this 4-10 Fox Hunter's Chase, if you don't fancy the favourite, you can go for stand-up and fight at 6-1. Good stuff there. Now, Six Nations, England play Scotland, Italy play France. Only want to talk about one game, Wales and Ireland, the decider tomorrow. Who's going to win? What, what, what's uh, the favourite there? Who is the favourite? I mean, going into the match, Wales are the favourites. The price of 5-6 to six to win the match. Their current four to five favourites to win the Six Nations. The Grand Slam is just within reach with Wales. It's very hard to see past them. We are, of course, as always, seeing patriotic support for Ireland. They're currently priced at 11 to 10. England will be hoping Ireland can do them a favour. Um, the stadium will be opened on the grounds that um, Joe uh, Schmidt and Ireland, they've requested that the, the stadium will remain open, even though of the weather warnings. I am, so we'll see how that fares out for them. I mean, Ireland are looking to finish out a very shaky start to the Six Nations. They will need a bonus point and England to lose to Scotland if there's going to be any sort of glory for them and they're going to overcome their 18 to 1 odds in the outright at present. Um, but at present, it does look like it is going to be a Wales victory. Wales. Mm, unfortunately, it's, it's uh, shaping up that way and the roof will be open, as you say. Just before we finish up quickly, GA8 is on tomorrow, the National Leagues. Division 2, Meath are away to Clare and in Division 3, Loud of home advantage against West Meath. What's the odds for the two uh, local counties? Yeah, Meath are currently 8-2. Of course, they're top of Division 2 and they're currently priced 8 
13 to win that they'll be hoping to get into Division 1 after a win over Clare and then with Loud we are looking at not so positive odds there they are priced at 7 to 4 with Westmead currently 4 to 7 to overcome the Wee County there you go. So that's all the odds on the big uh, games in soccer, GAA, rugby. And you have your tips for Cheltenham now, Aoife. Brilliant. Thank you so much for stepping in. Thanks for having me. Not at all. Take care of yourself. Brilliant. Aoife Heffern there, PR executive with Boyle Sports. Wish you luck with your sporting endeavours, everybody, over the weekend. That's a lot on late lunch for another week. My thanks to my producer, Louise Walsh. I couldn't do this without her. She's just so much part of this. I really appreciate her every single day and everything she does for me. To your listeners who tune in every day, thank you so much for joining us and to all our guests through the week as well. Thanks a million. We're going to leave you with Fred's song today. Don't forget to vote for him. Please give him a vote. If you've done, if you haven't before, please get behind him on Sunday evening in Dancing with the Stars. Five three one two five. Text Fred when the lines open on Sunday evening, and he will be performing two numbers. One of them to this one, Van Morrison's Brown Eyed Girl. See you on Tuesday. Jumping in the misty morning fog with all oh, our hearts that thumping and you, my brown eyed girl, and you, my brown eyed girl, and whatever happened the Tuesday and so slow. Radio Standing in the sunlight Laughing Hiding high the rainbow's wall Slipping and sliding All along The waterfall with you My brown eyed girl to sing just like that imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 